Hello and welcome to Gatsby Fridays, a show about getting the best out of a creative life from two creative directors working around the world and based in New York City. I'm your host, Alex Tremilio. And I'm Sarah Semi. How do we talk about ageism? Join as we search for a better way to foster a more age-friendly working environment for generations for now and the future. I'm Alex. And I'm Sarah. And, and this, this is Gatsby, Gatsby Fridays. Fridays. Sarah, before we get into our conversation, how are you? And what are you wearing? I like this. I tried. Thank you. I'm this feeling good. good. I'm feeling good. It's been a good summer. I'm feeling the post-quarantine effect. Despite the Delta and the and the and the remasking, all that, I'm happy to remask. I mean it's a hassle on all that stuff, but I'm just feeling so much more um emotionally liberated than I did last. <laughs> I mean maybe it's just not even like I needed a whole global pandemic to release me from my personal issues, I guess. Wow, yes. Um no just something I mean, small. You know, it had to be like the whole world coming to a stop. But I remember I remember earlier in the spring where I had this resistance to just be like, I don't want the things to open up. I just like to, I just wanna hide in my apartment and, and just be here. And now I'm like well, no, I don't want to ever be in my apartment. I love my apartment now, but now I never want to be there, which is kind of like a whole... You have a great apartment. I know. I just always want to be out because there's we should, there's so many things we should be doing because we didn't get to do anything, you know? And I didn't see that coming from an internal, you know, introvert perspective. I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm enjoying it. Um but also, I thrive in the summer. So if this was in the winter and I had to wear heavy sweaters, I probably wouldn't have as much joy in the world. You'd probably just want to be in. Oh yeah, I, I oh yeah. When it gets cold, <laughs> don't look for me in the bars. I'll be home. <laughs> is there Come over for a drink. Is there a place or or a thing that you wanted to do that you that the pandemic last year stopped you from doing that you want to do now? Oh well, I <laughs> well I was supposed to go to Miami for my fortieth birthday. Yeah, Miami. And uh, we all bought the tickets and Hotels.com didn't refund my money, oh. and then. And then they extended the voucher, and then now the hotel is indefinitely closed, and now I'm in arguments too. <laughs> now the voucher being useless, and they're like, oh, "Well, no. we're just a travel agency. We're just abiding by the hotel's like, you know, terms." And co-. I'm like, "The hotel has no rights anymore because they don't, they don't, they don't have exist. a date. Like, they, like, well, they're like closed for foreseeable future. So I'm oh, like, no. it's just so that's what I wanted to do. And I, I mean, but I also like, you know, you know, we're in New York. We were in the epidemic epicenter, and like. We were in the epicenter of this whole thing, but then, you know, like, I don't know if I really need to be in Miami right now. We only wanted to look into it because we had a voucher. So the pandemic has put things into, you know, a wrench. I, I'm not trying to, like, recreate these missed opportunities because of the pandemic. It's more of this, like, internal thing that I was dreading a lot of things that I, like, a lot of social engagements that I just looked at them as just like, oh, my God, I had another thing I have to do. But now I'm like... So whatever this pandemic did, I think that concert I went to last month was just kind of like the release trigger that I needed. Now I feel so much better in generally being a human being in society. It really had an impression on you, this concert. It really... It, yeah, it did really uh, open a blocked life force or something. Oh, man. Um, and and in terms of the outfit, again, I do better in the summer. If this was winter, I'd be legging. I'd be wearing leggings and a and a gray sweater. Are you wearing like a, a jumpsuit? I'm wearing a jumpsuit, which I'm always teased for um, for what? buying things from Abercrombie and American Eagle. 
Well, we, you, we've we've we've. I mean, my my teeny bopper mall <laughs> shopping situation. How much but we love. I'm sorry. Did you like this pantsuit? This is great. It also looks it's comfortable. It's Abercrombie. It's extremely comfortable, but it's also very <laughs> lovely at the top. Has a little twist tie. Makes you know, makes it look a little more feminine than like just like sneakers. a baggy. Well, I had to wear the sneakers because I didn't. Well, it's raining, and then I didn't know how cold it would be in the air conditioned old studio here. And you were prepared with the moto jacket. Well, I, this was the stylish choice that I knew wouldn't keep me warm enough if the air conditioner went obnoxious, but I really couldn't pack a hoodie. I just wanted to feel good about myself. I like and it works. I like I thrive in the summer, so me this is me trying. And then You're I doing have, well. I have all my earrings on. You have the lashes, everything. Lashes, yes. Yes, this is me making an effort. I like this it. is me undoing last week. You judged me. Well, I complimented you as soon as I saw you today on the street Fine. before we came Thank in here. Thank you. But yes. So, how are you and what are you wearing? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Um, I am wearing, you know, summer. Summer linen is the fabric of the summer. So, uh, I'm just wearing short sleeve linen shirt because it is super, super comfortable. And blue jeans, I think. It's real basic, actually. Yeah, uh, but you, I did you get a, usually well. You have your little color armband pop here. I have I have a little bit of um a little bit of my my quarantine project on my wrist with a little braided bracelet, but pretty basic. I did get a compliment today, which was yeah. surprising because I thought I was From who? I just, coworker. But I feel like I look very blue. Blue is a nice color. It's easy. Yeah, so I'm okay. Wow. I thought you had more of a California bliss with you when we first met up. I still have it. I still have it. I feel like um, it's there. You know, we talked about we we talked about ideas and projects and, and just the the feeling of of uh, of getting renewed energy. And I feel like I still have that renewed energy. I mean, we talked about a little bit of projects today. You're still carrying your vacation bliss. I loved it. Oh, I loved California. I know you don't. But. Oh no! I love visiting California. So if I had if I had two weeks of ca- visiting California, I'd come back with the bliss. I'd actually want to go somewhere new. I think I I want to I would I would want to avoid L.A. No disrespect to my family there, um, but I want to go to Monterey. I want to go to Big Sur. I want to mm. go to San Jose. Like I I just want to see new aspects of California. Um, yeah. I mean, it's beautiful there to visit. <laughs> you really emphasize the visiting. Yeah, that's what that's where I'm at. California forever to visit. Sarah, let's talk about ageism. How has your experience been with uh and what have you dealt with in your career? I mean, you know, as as old as I am, well, as, no, as young no, as I am. As, as young as you look. So, I'm kind of, I mean, you know, like yes, well, it's not always how we feel, but it's we're, we I'm not too old or I'm not too young, right? Like I'm at the place where I can see both sides of it and I haven't been to the older end of the spectrum, so I haven't felt that burn yet personally. Mm. But uh for me, I my ageism has actually been um what we assume ageism to be is you know, um, disadvantages for getting older in mm-hmm. your career. For me, I've always, my struggle has always been that I'm, I am perceived to be younger than I am. And that has always worked against me in terms of, as if I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm too young to know any better. And I'm not, I mean, we, we've kind of, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before that I don't know if it's got a, a gender 
um, tangent to it. It definitely does. Um, So for me, my personal experience in terms of ageism has been when I was younger, I mean, you know, when you're young, you you think you know better and you know best. And then the minute that you no longer assume that you know everything and then you don't know any better, that your idealism isn't so set firmly and you have more um, gray areas, I Mm -hmm. think that's when you are no longer young. And you're, you know, like the idealism, it, it kind of softens as you get older. And I definitely am not that young person anymore. Um, and I have the experience of having worked in different places. I find it infuriating when I'm treated as a young girl who doesn't know anything. But I also, again, like I said, it's got the gender aspect of it. So I can't speak of it as if I'm a young guy and if that's the same experience. Well, I'm um, asking you, how best do you navigate than this notion that, that when you walk into a room and you're perceived of as young, what is the what what are steps that you take to kind of command the room and let them know that you are capable and relevant and know what you're speaking about? Well, you know, you just have to. It it also it always depends on who's in the room with you, but. I, I don't show up unprepared. I already know the the subject. Of course, you know, there's always surprises. There's always going to be someone that says something that you're like, I can't believe they just said that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's being prepared. Like, I already know what I'm talking about. And I'm not... I think when I was younger, I, I was... I always say this. I was angrier when I was younger. I just... I lashed out and I was so much more set in my beliefs that... Now I know where I stand. I'm confident in it. I'm not as worried about not knowing. And if I don't know something, I I don't feel threatened to ask. Uh, but when I'm in a room to make my stance, I I just I just lay out what I know. It's and I I don't stutter. I'm not hesitating. I'm not wondering when I speak. It's just the tone of voice. And when you know, when you know, you know, then you just say it the way you say it. It's, and that's what gets across. Like the confidence in your voice is, I think that's what it is. And that comes with age. It it comes with age. With wisdom. With wisdom of hindsight age. All of that. Yes. Until like in the, in their definition entails time past. Right. Yes. So, the ageism conversation that we have in our industry right now, and this kind of is what triggered this episode, is is always about um, not dismissing um, aging professionals. Mm. I I I'm my stance on that is going to be it's not a black and white conversation. From my perspective, I obviously haven't been 60 years old yet, so I don't know how I would be treated. And by the time I'm 60, the workplace is going to be a different world. So I can't speak for them either because the workplace that I was in 20 years ago in terms of ideals and and the values that we were trying to uphold is completely different than what we have right now. So for me, it's different. Technology has changed. Social values have changed. Uh, Work, work, uh, boss and, and... you know, senior, junior, intern, hierarchy, power game has changed. And we've talked about this before. You you said one of the most, uh, you know, our celebrated quotes saying that, you know, like that tide is turning now that you don't have to be, you don't have to have tyranny to show that you, you deserve the respect. You can, you can lead with kindness. So from that perspective, what has your, what about you? Like what has your aging experience has been? 
I feel like I'm I'm in the same kind of arena as you. I'm not I'm not too young. I'm not too old. A lot of uh, the research that I was actually doing ahead of this episode to prepare for this was about people in their mid in their mid fifties to late fifties and starting out either a in new careers, uh, in new industries. And and how they were dealing with what the ageism issue was with them. But I, I'm in the middle. I'm kind of in the middle ground. And I feel I feel young. Ageism really is a state of mind, I think, in. Hmm, that's kind of dismissing there's an issue. I know. Okay, it's I, like well, if it's all in your head. It's, uh, well, when I say it's a state of mind, I feel like in the creative industry, I mean, like you you have your track record of what of what you've accomplished. And I think you could rely on that, but don't fall back on it. And that's something that we're going to talk about. Well, that's about later. getting value for when you're older. Like, I think the issue is that when, like, you know, younger people have a vision and they're onto something. And because they're younger, they know the trends, they know the right feels, and they get they they are awarded a spotlight because they're younger. And I think that's the ageism conversation. Um, one of the things that that inspired me was actually it's I it's interesting that I had to dig up that tweet because after reading that article on Working Not Working, um, this um, tweet saying from Melissa Hunter, at the end of 2020, instead of 30 on their 30 and next-gen list, please profile middle-aged people who just got their big breaks. I want to read about a mother of two who published her first novel, a director who released their first studio feature at 47. That's the list we want. So that's the thing. Like We have this like perception that like the industry, the way it is now is like, oh, they're young. They're onto the new things and they know what they're doing. We just let them run because we just think that the old people are no longer relevant. And they're not producing anything new anymore or yeah. or there isn't any new kind of stories that they can tell. But that's totally false. And that's not the case. I mean, you could you could once again have a feature in your mid 40s. You can write your novel at any age and those stories deserve to be told. I, yeah, so that whole 30 on my 30 is just it, really alienating to people who are excellent creatives, in in my mind, like I, that are excellent creatives, but also, you know, have a long way to grow. That doesn't mean just because you didn't make 30 on my 30, then that's, you know, there's no life. Meaning there's no thing. life after 30. <laughs> like, right? So like, oh, yeah, I didn't make a 30 on my 30 list. I mean, you know, there's, there's only 30 people that make that list so like it's really not that many but i i also think that that kind of really puts the emphasis on like oh my god they made it before 30 yes i mean that's that's just great that's good for like it's not to dis diminish the value of accomplishing so much at such a young age but there's also something to be said about you know growing through experiences and and learning like i like in my opinion like i said like when the minute that i realize that I don't want to assume that I know what I'm talking about because a lot of the statements I made when I was 26, 27, I was angrier. I didn't have the same level of compassion for people or values. Um, I thought that I knew everything that I no longer think that because now I feel like I know what I know. Yes. But I also know that, that, that you might teach me something any second of any day. And I will tell you what I know and what I think, and then you'll tell me if I'm wrong, and if we'll, maybe we'll learn from each other. Maybe you'll teach me something. Maybe I'll teach you something. But I did not have that humility before. I like that. It sets it sets this levity to to to, to tell yourself to 
also just calm down and kind of take assessment of the situation. Like you can absolutely learn and you can gain at any age, obviously. And it, what's great about being older is the the perspective that you have. And I know that we often talk about perspective and how that plays into our creative life, but it really is important. I think, I think the young, the young talent, they offer so much. I, I mean, my best, my best conversations and my best project experiences in my studio have always been when in the summertime and I have more interns. <laughs> um, it's just for me, especially when I started on my own surrounding myself with people who are still in school has, has made the work so much more relevant. And it's not to, to say that someone young doesn't know any better and they shouldn't, they like, you know, you, you grab the moment that you're presented and you run with it and you have the guts at that age to run with it better for you. But I also know that there's going to be a time of growth if they skipped a few steps, that's going to catch up eventually. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I, um, you can't just fake growth. <laughs> so ageism, I think the conversation has always been like, let's not make old age um, work against professionals. But I also think that we should also not make it work against younger people. Mm-hmm. I think the conversation has to be a lot more fluid and the responsibility falls a little bit us on the older side because we've been there. <laughs> we can see their shortcomings a little bit more when like, you know, if I see someone who's a little angrier, I won't judge because I was that person who's a little, you know, rushing to a judgment. The The point isn't to put them down for it. It's just no. let them, let them grow. And I've, you know, we're in a great position to help. I think that's that's the that's the beauty in what we have to offer. Just as much as I think that the young can give us uh, a rejuvenation of perspective, we offer levity and we offer this whole notion of like making sure you see it from all angles. And that sometimes you don't get that as a young person. And that's Absolutely. what we offer. And that's great. I mean, I mentioned this before. It comes up in different contexts. But for me, like uh, my first job when I met you, I've been incredibly lucky that it was a very benevolent, like, let's let's show you all the ways kind of place. There, no one was trying to keep me down. No one was competing with me mm. to the point where I got the art center for my grad school degree. And all of a sudden, that's what that's where I learned what competition is, because all of a sudden I was like, well, you know, I'm like, I'm coming from New York City agency. <laughs> Please, I'm good. And what brought me, what shook me up the most there wasn't, that I didn't know what I was doing. It was just no one knew what they were doing when we first got there. It was just a cutthroat, like, I will take you down to get ahead. Until I never felt that kind of com- like com- competition before. Um, so at, at my first job, everyone was showing me how I should, how I can do more things. How they, Everyone was like, oh, yeah, like, we got to do these things. You don't know how? Let me show you. Yeah, it wasn't like how how you don't, how, how dare you not know? Why are you, you here? you were willing to learn and you were willing uh, to I put in the time when it comes, when it comes to something like that. And I, and I don't, I don't want to disparage interns or, or have, or the intern experience. I think all interns and young people go into, go into these situations really wanting to gain knowledge. But I think you really wanted to know the nuances of 
the ins and out of the programs, yeah. the ins and out of how to build the physical things that we were building at the time that we were building those things. And that's unique because think about thirsty. the situation that we were in and think about all the people that were interning there. How many of them do you remember? Oh, I remember all of them. My first 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 summer was uh, uh, Zara, one of my still very favorite friends. We ran into her and her husband and her kids yes. in our first New York episode. That was wonderful. Um, but these people all all really well, took it upon themselves to well, kind of Well, Zara, really... yes, Zara, like, went on to other, like, design agencies with her career after after graduating college. Um, there was a girl from Yale, uh, Candice. Uh, she didn't really like oh, yes. much. Candace. She thought they were too teeny bopper, which uh, I think was, at 41, still wearing I, my Abercrombie jumpsuit, she was not far off. I enjoyed her. Um, she was, yeah, she was an interesting character. Um, there, there, there's a bunch of kids. Like there was Lexi, who was already a graphic designer. Um, so there's, you know, like, but I remember everyone. But there, I think what they made the impression was that everybody who worked there that was actually a designer or a senior designer, they weren't looking at us like, oh, you're interns, go get me coffee. Oh, yeah. There were, everyone was always trying to teach me something and show me something. Like, there are people that I cannot, I can't say thanks enough. Like, there's Eric Z, there's you, there's Michelle, there is Robert that I, I've learned so much from. Like, and then there's so many more names. Um, I, I mean, there's, the list is long. So, from that perspective, like I was allowed to be young early in my career to learn and no one judged me for not knowing. So I was comfortable in asking questions and falling on my face. When I made a mistake, no one said, well, how dare you? They said, well, you made a mistake. It's okay. This is how we fix it. Uh, you know, it falls on us a little bit to support the younger people. Of course. Even when they have the best ideas and they need the spotlight. Sarah, so we've talked about what ageism is in our profession and in our, our respective uh, experiences as creatives. How do we hold ageism accountable between what we've learned between people who are teaching us and learning? There is something about being older in our industry, the preconceived notion that they know everything. How do we hold them accountable to that? Sorry, that was I mean, so long-winded. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I was like, you know, right before the break, we were saying... Um, um, it falls on, you know, the older age to support the younger yes. in their path. But also that responsibility is also you also have to hold yourself mm -hmm. responsible for staying relevant. Yes. You can't just say I put my years in and I know better just because I'm older. It doesn't end there. And every decade we have a new set of values that should make us strive for the better. And we talked about this multiple episodes in this season where we were discussing, uh, especially when we were discussing um, art and artists and the legacy. Oh, yes. um, so we we talked about how just because you're this incredible talent, you don't get to be you don't get to terrorize your interns and uh, the whole devil wears Prada thing is so outdated and it's no longer OK. But. 20 years ago in my first job that was okay that was the norm and I, and that was what you were supposed to do so as as aging professionals as we get older just because i went through that i can't just say well 
I did well. I went through that, so they have to too. That's that's not constructive, and that's not putting a positive foot forward. So, keeping ourselves accountable means that we have to stay relevant with values of today. Mm-hmm. How we treat each other, how our you know, like even when we there was no his her pronouns in our names, and we've been slowly progressing to that and. And I really appreciate that, and especially in a, in an industry where we have so many foreign internationals, it just really makes so much more sense that why didn't we have that before, right? So, and to respect those decisions, I think that's another decisions, thing about ageism that like, that falls under that. So the values have changed. So twenty years ago, there was no such thing when I first mm-hmm. did my first job, and in that space where I was, you know, picking up dry cleaning because the creative director spilled something, I. It's not, he, I don't think that scenario would, even if it tried to happen now, I don't think it would fly the same way. I don't think it would be okay. I don't think he could even ask for that now if the the situation was... It wouldn't be okay, nor would it be... It would just seem odd. Yeah, it wouldn't be even socially acceptable. And back then, it was the dues that I had to pay, right? So as we get older, the things that we have to keep accountable as for ageism is that we can't just say, well, that's how it is. That's how things are. And that's how it was in my day. It is no longer your day. This is today. I've been lucky in, in a very unprecedented time 20 years ago, people helping me. And I'm so grateful for that. But I was also, you know, at the hands of a very demanding and um, I don't know, Maniacal <laughs> at times. <laughs> Creative director. And, well, let's say, you know. Demanding. Well, well, he was no Anna Wintour, but, you know, when my mom watched that movie, she called me and said, I thought of you. He didn't have half as much style as Anna oh, Wintour. No, so, <laughs> Ouch. No, no style. Let's take that out. Let's take that out. Yes. No personal attacks, but... Just just that, like, you know, just going through, like, paying your dues doesn't mean that I have to, like, grovel and crawl. But, you know, like, there's, we, we come from a generation that values that type of tyrannical um, mentorship. And that, that's over. I don't want that. And I don't think anyone wants it anymore either. And I don't think anyone's going to put up with that. There's, like, there's, it's, it's not a safe working environment emotionally. And that is new. The fact that all of these athletes are now saying... I don't want to compete because I'm not feeling well. Like that's unheard of and I love that. So like if you can't roll with the new values that we are trying to achieve so that we are all better, then your age and the the years you put into the profession are not relevant to me. You'll get lost in the shuffle. Definitely. And that means that that's that, that that's that's what I mean in my understanding that's what holding ages accountable is. Yes, we do respect your time and your your input over the years. But if you want to still play in the game and keep the respect that you've earned over the years, you also have to be open-minded to be receptive to new values and accept them and make the best of them. When we get back, we'll continue our conversation. This is Gatsby Fridays. Alex, so now that we've kind of assessed what ageism means to us and what values we move want to move forward with, how do we repurpose a lifetime of experiences, design, and stories into something for a new age? 
we are doing it. You know, we have the experiences that we've had and accumulated over our lifetime in a career. Always can we can always breathe new life into that, and I think we're doing that with this podcast. Um, and it's not to say that it's just a podcast. We could do it could be any medium that one chooses. This is what we just happen to do. But I feel like the repurposing an experience for a new audience is totally relevant to keeping yourself in the know and purpose-driven moving forward in the future. This is one aspect of how we do that. One of the other things is I know that everyone needs to have a large social media presence hmm. and telling stories on social media can also help. But it also makes, you know, the thing is we have a track record of so many projects, so many ideas and so many things. Oftentimes, I think with our age, we tend to think we've accumulated so much knowledge this already in and of itself is valuable. It's important to know your audience and know where these things will live. And I think social media is a big part of that, especially now where we can put our work online in shorter in shorter increments so people can digest it easier. I like that. Um, I think what we've accomplished here, not only we have just celebrated one year of episodes, like what, over 36 episodes? Over. You know there's 52 weeks in a year. It's been a year. So that's that's a lot of weeks of the year. I, I mean, it, it has been a lot of work for us to talk about this. And yes, we did a... I, I really wanted that nostalgia of like, you know, TV shows doing clips from their previous things that oh, we yes. did for the I've Never Seen episode. But... That's how we're doing. Uh, that's I think this is us staying relevant is because we're talking. But when we talk, I think the most important thing that I've learned over the year is, but we made sure that when we're venting out, this is not just some negative spew that we are just putting out into into no. the universe. That part comes before we start recording. So we got it out of our system because I'm human. I have a lot of negative things to say when I feel in the moment. But I think... The repurposing of all of these experiences isn't just about a specific platform or a podcast, but it's just that it going back and reevaluating our experiences, trying to format them into these subjects, we have in a way found a voice of saying what our values are and what kind of positive workspaces we want to see in the creative world and how we want to support newer generations of creatives the best way we can. And I think for me, that's the biggest takeaway that I'm not saying I know everything. You're not saying you know everything. I think that humility that you mentioned before is what's making this a more unique thing that we're not saying that this is the way it should be. We're just raising, and to quote you from a previous episode, gaining better questions. Mm. We are gaining better questions because once you start talking about these things seriously, your experiences, your values, and the new subject matter is at hand and the world the way it's going, everything is fair game. We start focusing on better questions and I think the way to go is not black and white. It's just asking more questions and finding more positive ways to move forward. And now for our favorite part of this and every episode, our signature cocktail. Sarah, what did we make this evening? 
Well, what we made this evening in the spirit of talking about age and aging and ageism, um, I want to call it forever young. And we're going to, I mean, I, I went with this whole idea that like, you know, the college drink of choice is the, you know, the vodka cranberry. <laughs> The yucky, well, sweet, well, red, grossness. We made it. We made it a little bit. In a we red cup. It a little. So of course, being this, being this being Gatsby, we got the Pellegrino um, cherry pomegranate mix, and it it still tasted like college. Let me tell you, it did oh, not the, the, have the yucky the sweet redness. Sweet saccharine taste. It really did taste like college, but just Tito's, um, and your favorite. I wouldn't go with the super. You know, like just fruit seltzers with no sweeteners it needs a little bit of that mineral fake sugar there's always always a little bit of lime but you know pellegrino has that nice mineral taste and then the fruit flavor and and now it's called forever young because you know i don't know i've been out of college over 20 years and we just made <laughs> well, a college just drink relive the moment. and if you really really want the full spirit of it you put it in a red plastic cup perfect oh it. my goodness perfect it was good Thank you for hanging with us. For a list of the resources mentioned in this episode, hop onto our site, GatsbyFridays.com. You can find the recipe for Forever Young on the website, GatsbyFridays.com. For show notes, if you want to leave a comment, suggest a show topic, get at us on our site. Don't forget to rate us, give us five stars, and write a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to get us in front of more ears and build an audience. Or, if you're a Spotify person, make sure you follow Gatsby Fridays. Follow us on Instagram for exclusive content. Like Sarah making this week's drink. Uh-oh, you didn't make this week's drink. Okay, ah, what are you going to no. do? I don't think anyone needs a video for a college party <laughs> drink. Vodka, cranberry, mix you, it up. You know it. But follow us on Instagram for some other exclusive content throughout the week. Till next week, stay with us. This, this is, is Gatsby, Gatsby Fridays. Fridays.